After Jesus died, they put Jesus in a tomb and wrapped him with some white paper. They put a big stone around it and placed guards in front of the tomb to let nobody go in. He was just waiting for the three days. He's probably drinking soda while eating hot Cheetos. <laughs> he would probably play games like Candyland and then have a party himself. The okay. Easter Bunny was hiding behind a tree. <laughs> he probably went out there and there's just throw eggs everywhere. And then he's gonna say, there's one money egg, so you better find it. You can get some money. <laughs> Three days later, there was a big earthquake. <laughs> I think we should go away somewhere safe. It's like, I'm getting out of here. Shaking, run for your lives! <laughs> and the guards ran off because they got scared. And then on Sunday, Mary and some of her friends came with some spices. But when they got there, the tomb was empty. His clothes only was there. Then an angel came and said, Don't be afraid. Jesus has risen from the dead. Go tell the... Go tell... Everyone, go tell the good news. Mary and her friends went and told the disciples. She said, Jesus has risen from the dead. Guys, guys, Jesus has risen from the dead. And the disciples didn't believe them. No, that couldn't happen. Jesus can't raise from the dead. Uh, I don't believe it until I see it. But all of a sudden, Jesus, Jesus just came, just was there. I am Jesus. I am the, I'm the, I am the Son of the Lord God, and I am Jesus, your friend. And then the disciples said, Jesus, it's you! Yay! Jesus is alive! Toad's cool. Jesus. Before he left to heaven, he said, I have done what I have come to done. Do. And then he risen, then he was going up to heaven. His disciples were crowded around him. The disciples said, holy guacamole. I can't believe Jesus really flew. That's awesome. Now what? Let's go tell the news. Awesome. Well, happy Easter. Yeah, thank you, Aunt Sonia. <laughs> My name is Pastor Dan. I'm one of the pastors here at LifeSpring Foursquare Church, and I just wanted to thank the worship team for what they put together with the music, and that was just phenomenal. Um, you guys make it easy to worship the Lord. Also, it was interesting seeing my little one yell so loudly that Jesus is risen. Uh, that was my seven-year-old daughter, and I was quite moved this morning because I had to be here at 5.45 this morning. A lot of us were here around 6 to set up, and I was trying to be really, really quiet, and she woke up around 5 o'clock. She goes, is it Easter? I go, yeah, it's Easter. I said, but you go back to bed. She goes, no, can I come with you? Can I come with you? So uh, she came with me, and I thought that was one of the most special things as well. So, and Sonia, thank you for uh, keeping your car on over at the Sunrise service so that she could be in there with a heater and a blanket. So, 
I, you were much more responsible than I was. But uh, I, I saw this on the internet this past week, and it's simply the phrase, Jesus changed everything. Jesus changed everything. And it's true when you consider his death, when you consider his resurrection, Jesus changed everything. He changed the course of history where everything leading up to and everything flowing from the cross and what he did 2,000 years ago. He changed the world, and today I think some of you would agree with me, but I'm so thankful that not only did he change the world, he changed me. Anybody else changed by the Lord? When I look at the path, maybe you've done this before, you look at the path that you've been on, the journey you've been on, I, I can see his fingerprints on my life so many various times, times where he's touched my life, where he's changed me, truly changed me. And I know that he's brought me from death to life. That's what we're talking about today as we've continued this beautiful exchange series that he's brought us from death into life. As Christians, I don't know if you've noticed this, it can be challenging at times. Life can be hard. We have our ups and downs. We have our good days. We have our bad days. But Come on, we're complex, we're human in all that involves being human, the good, the bad, the ugly. But as humans, as messy as we are, when we sit down and contemplate the Lord, we know He's changed everything. And a big thing for us to understand as Christians is He didn't, uh, when He came into our life, we didn't just add Jesus to our lives. I, I kind of thought that's what you did early on, that you just kind of lived your life and then you added Jesus to your life and you just kept on living the same way, but now you also had Jesus but the longer you're a Christian, you realize, no, that's not really how it goes. In fact, Paul would say, I've been crucified with Christ, meaning I no longer live. But who lives? Christ lives in me. In Him, we live, we move, we have our being. And in life with Christ, it's wild, right? Just because Christ came in doesn't mean life is perfect. There is a craziness to life with Christ. But as crazy as it is with Christ, I cannot imagine. Could you ever imagine living life without Christ? Without Christ, life can sometimes just feel like this unsolvable puzzle or at least some mean or cruel game that nobody can win. I was thinking this week, there's such a hopelessness without Christ. Without Christ, you try everything and anything to satisfy, everything, anything to find fulfillment, to be happy, to enjoy life. Many people try religion. Maybe you've tried religion but once religion doesn't work, maybe you go into worshiping cars or worshiping homes or gadgets or people. Without Christ, you're just grasping at straws, desperate to find something that will speak to the depths of your soul. But it's different with Jesus. Again, Jesus changes everything. Jesus speaks to our hearts. He speaks to our minds. He speaks to our souls. He speaks like nothing else and no one else can. With Him, the longer you walk with Him, the more you realize Jesus actually did it. Like He solves the puzzle. He won the game. And He shows us what real abundant life looks like. And that nothing compares to living for Him. No card, no beauty, no gizmos, no gadgets, no fame, no amount of money. Nothing compares to Jesus. And as a Christian, as you walk on this journey of following Jesus, as you learn how to have Christ who is in you expressed through you, as you walk with Him, as you grow in your relationship with Him, He and He alone gives you meaning. He and He alone gives you purpose. He satisfies. He fulfills. He gives you joy. As you lay it down for Him, as you surrender your life, He even gives you what you need to live for Him. Again, you don't just add Jesus to your life. Truly, Jesus changes everything. The Bible says that when you accept Christ into your life, that you're given a new heart. And He says He puts a new spirit within you. 
It's transformation. Pay attention to that word, transformation. Again, it's not addition. It's transformation. And you need to know that the transformation that takes place in your lives, it's a supernatural transformation. Supernatural. In so many ways, it's beyond what we can grasp intellectually. This change that happens, you can't figure it out with a scientific equation. The Bible makes claims about Christianity, let's be honest, that are impossible without God's supernatural power at work. Here's just one claim. Paul says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. A new creation. He says the old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. The old is gone. The new has come. That is only made possible by a supernatural God coming into your life and doing a miracle. A miracle. Becoming a new creation. Let's just agree with this. Becoming a new creation. That is a miracle. And as a Christian, that's exactly what we believe. That's exactly what we believe. We believe a supernatural miracle occurs when you ask Jesus into your life that everything changes. The old is gone. The new has come. You're a new creation in Christ radically changed because of Him. But why? Why would the God of the universe send us Jesus? Why would the God of heaven and earth give you and I this opportunity for such a radical and supernatural change? Because God loves you. Many of you maybe don't believe that today, but he does. And sometimes in my own life, I'm just like, you know, there's no way, right? With who I am, with what I've done, with what I've said, there's no way that he could still love me. And yet God loves me. God's love pursues God's love. It won't relent. Even now in this moment, He is speaking His love over each one of us. And by His love, we can be changed. By His love, you and I can participate in this great and supernatural exchange from death to life. And yet many, many in this world decide to reject His love. And there's a lot of reasons why we won't accept the love of God. Painful life experiences, tragedies, the death of a loved one, Divorce, addiction, sickness. Maybe just you've seen too much injustice, right? There's a lot of things that can keep you from believing in a loving God. In fact, if you Google, go on the internet, you can probably find thousands of arguments against the idea that God loves you. But in this world, this fallen world full of sin and darkness, full of evil and pain, I want you to know there's a good God. A God who loves you. He loves you so very much. In fact, the Bible's chock full of verses about the love of God. Maybe you've never heard them before. Maybe you have. But I want to share just a few of them with you. In 1 John, it tells us this is how God showed His love among us. He sent His one and only Son, and that's Jesus, into the world that we might live through Him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that God loved us and sent His Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Another verse says, but God shows His love for us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. The life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, Jesus, who loved me and gave Himself for me. In John 3.16, maybe you're familiar with this one. For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son, again, Jesus, that whoever believes in Jesus should not perish, but have eternal life. The love of God. And I hope you've noticed His love is directly tied to the death of His Son, Jesus Christ. Did you see that? God's love, it's demonstrated through His death, 
He loved us and sent His Son. God showed His love while we were still sinners. Christ died for us. Son of God. Oh, He took it away from me. (laughs) Son of God who loved me and gave Himself for me. For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son. This radical change that God desires to do in every single one of us is only made possible by His love, by the love of God found in the death of Jesus. See, this world has a sin problem. Outside of Christ, I, Daniel Allen Birch, have a sin problem. This world is sin sick. Sick with sin. And because God, He's perfect, He's holy, He's righteous, He's set apart on my own, in my own efforts, by my own works, I could never have a relationship with God. His perfection cannot tolerate my sin. In fact, if this card right here was a record of my life, of all my successes, all my failures, a collection of all the good I've done and all the bad I've done, if there was even a speck, even a blot of sin, I could not spend eternity with God. The Bible says that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Jesus says if you look at a woman lustfully, and I'm not going to ask you to raise hands on that one, but if you've ever looked at a woman lustfully, He says it's the same as committing adultery. James chapter 2 says, whoever keeps the entire law, the whole law, and yet stumbles at just one point, guess what? You're guilty of breaking it all. We're guilty of sin. There's no one righteous, not even one. We're guilty, and because we serve a God who is perfectly just, full of justice, there must be a punishment for our sin. But as much as He is perfectly just, God is also perfectly loving. The Bible, in fact, says it this way, that God is love and out of his love for us he wanted us back the bible says he wanted us to be reconciled back to him that we might be called his sons and his daughters so even though sin had separated us from god he wanted to win me back from sin he wanted to win you back from sin he wanted to provide the payment for your sin so that you could live with him forever and this happens through the death of jesus christ in the old testament you discover that a sacrifice would have to be killed for the sins of the people an animal would have to be killed for our sins. An animal would have to be killed to atone for our sins. Instead of us dying, an animal would be killed. But it was an imperfect sacrifice that had to be performed again and again, year after year. When Jesus came to earth, He lived a perfect life without sin. But then the Bible says that God made Him who had no sin, Jesus, to be sin for you and I. He became the sacrifice. He died in our place, in my place. He took the shame and the punishment that we deserved. It was out of God's great love for us that Jesus came to die for our sins so that our sins could be forgiven but also removed and so that we could be reconciled back to God having eternal life with Him forever. And this could only happen through the death of Jesus on that cross. And His death, by the way, it was the perfect sacrifice that once and for all covered all of our sins. Hallelujah. In fact, Hebrews tells you But as it is, He has appeared, Jesus, once for all, at the end of the ages, to put away sin by the sacrifice of Himself. Now that's love. That's love. A love that initiated the great exchange. Our Heavenly Father sending His Son to die on the cross to carry the weight of our sins on His shoulders so that you and I could live in freedom, set free from the penalty of sin, set free from the penalty of death, and instead given eternal life. This is love. God loves you. God loves you. On Easter, we remember His death. There's this great verse in Ephesians 2. It tells us, 
But God, because of His great love for us, God who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. We were dead in our sins, but because of His love for us, we are now alive in Christ. And on Easter, we remember His death. But on Easter, we also remember and celebrate His resurrection. As my daughter shouted as loud as she could, He is alive. He is risen indeed. Three days after His crucifixion, Jesus rose again. So not only are my sins forgiven, but they are forgiven forever. And through my faith and belief in Jesus' resurrection, I now have the assurance of eternal life. Do you have the assurance of eternal life? That I know for my life, I can say confidently, as He is alive, I am alive. As He is alive, we are alive. And because of this resurrection, our lives are now filled with purpose. They're now filled with meaning. It doesn't mean everything's easy, but it means that the game has been changed. Now, if there was no resurrection, then we would agree with the Apostle Paul who said, man, if there's no resurrection, let's party it up, right? Let us eat and drink for tomorrow we die. If Christ wasn't raised from the dead, what hope would I have being raised from the dead? What hope would any of us have of being raised from the dead? But Easter is all about the fact that He actually did it. We serve a risen Lord who is no longer on the cross, no longer in the grave. Death couldn't even stop Him. And because of His resurrection, we have hope of eternal life spent with Him. So praise God. Praise the Lord. I have life in Christ. Again, not because of anything I've done, but because of what He has done for me. I think it's important for us to remember the life that we live on this earth. It's only the beginning. Did you know that? It's only the beginning. And that's encouraging to me because I can agree with the Apostle Paul even though outwardly it seems that we are wasting away. Inwardly, the Apostle Paul says, we are being renewed day by day. That means the best is yet to come. So even when it feels like you're falling apart, you ever felt like you're kind of falling apart? Or maybe you're like, yeah, I kind of got it together, but you look around and everything else is falling apart. Even in those times, you can be encouraged. You do not have to lose heart because you know that you're still only at the very beginning stages of your eternal life with God. Also, you need to know this world is not our home. Did you know that? This world is not our home. I hope you understand that our time on this earth, it is so very brief. But Jesus tells us, and don't you love the words of Jesus? Jesus says, son, daughter, do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My father's house, this is so good. He says, my father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would have I told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, listen, I will come back and I'm going to take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. Hallelujah. See, this is not the end. This is not the end because God loves you. Out of His love for you, He has made a way for every person in this room to have life in Him. But I hope you can receive this truth today. That the life that He offers, that it all flows from His love for you. Again, God loves you. But maybe you're a Christian here today and the things of this world, they've taken their best shot at convincing you otherwise, right? That maybe God has forgotten you. Maybe God has abandoned you. But on Easter morning, I think God would want to remind you, son, daughter, I love you. Never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. Son, daughter, nothing will ever be able to separate you 
from the love that is found in Jesus Christ. In fact, the Bible says it this way, so powerful, neither death nor life, angels nor demons, present, future, no power, neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is found in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing can separate you from the love of God found in Christ Jesus. And if there's anything that's been on attack in your life, and I'm sure there probably has been, anything that's been trying to convince you otherwise, I believe God would want to remind you by His kind and loving Spirit how amazing and passionate His love is for you. That even if the enemy's been on the offensive, you know what I'm talking about when it feels like he's going overtime in your life, that today I declare the devil loses and God wins. I've been praying for you. I might not even know your name, but you need to know I've been praying for you. I've been praying that God's love would break through today. That God's love would break through and remind you once again that He is for you and not against you. And that He truly loves you and out of His love for you, He offers you the gift of life in Jesus Christ. Now maybe you don't believe in Jesus. Maybe the idea of His death and resurrection, of Him dying on the cross for your sins, maybe you don't believe in that. And I'd say the 20 minutes I have up here on stage probably isn't going to convince you otherwise. But regardless of how you came in today, I do know that God is here. I know that the Holy Spirit is here. And I I believe, I honestly believe, that He will speak to anyone who's willing to listen. And there's a good chance maybe He's been speaking to you for a long time now. Long before you got here today. I've seen this played out again and again in people's lives. When God starts calling you, when God starts speaking His love and His purpose over your life, you can begin to see things happen and you can kind of think, wow, what a coincidence, right? What, what a coincidence that my friend emailed me with that encouraging note when I was struggling. What a coincidence that the refund check right when I needed it. What a coincidence that I was kept alive in that car accident. What a coincidence that at 2 a.m. I flipped the channel to the preacher describing exactly what I'm going through. Or what a coincidence that my family member invited me to church when deep down inside, you know what? I was kind of hoping somebody would. Coincidence? Maybe. God? Maybe. You know, I don't know. I don't know the intricate details of your life. But God does. God knows you. God knows the intricate details of your life. And did you know this is crazy? He actually cares about every intricate detail of your life. The Bible says He even knows the number of hairs on your head. To me, I think that's a little ridiculous, right? A little bit of a waste of a time. But you need to know, to God, you are not a waste of time. He knows you intimately. In fact, there's a good chance He's been calling you, maybe even trying to get your attention for a while now. And again, I mean, there's a craziness to life. I'd be a fool if I tried to say anything other than that. There is a part of life where it just feels like there's more questions than answers. And there's a good chance you walked in through those doors today with some pretty serious and pretty real hurts from people or circumstances in your life. Many of you walk into this room completely exhausted, totally overwhelmed, anxious, full of worry and fear. But I think in the midst of it all, in the midst of the chaos, in the midst of the heavy discouragement that life sometimes can bring, I believe that a good God is here. And I believe He's speaking. And I believe He's speaking to some of you. And and you just know it, right? You know it. He's revealing His love even now. And if that's you, I just say this. You're not here by an accident or a mistake. 
And if that's you, I'd also say you are created by God, which means you are not an accident and you are not a mistake. Your life, you are valuable. Your life has value. Your life has worth. Your creator, the one who made you, who formed you in your mother's womb, he loves you. In fact, he sent his son to die for you and he is calling you. He is calling you. And He wants to invite you into a life full of His love. He is calling you. And He wants to invite you into a life full of meaning and purpose. He is calling you. He wants to invite you into life. Real life. Abundant life. That will never, never end. Jesus has some pretty good words in the Bible. Some of my favorite are in John chapter 14. Here He makes a very clear and bold statement. Jesus says this, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And the way, the truth, and the life, Jesus says, no one comes to the Father except through me. There's no other way. No other way. He's the way, the truth, and the life. And today Jesus would say to every one of us, come, follow me. Come, follow me. He'd say, I am the way. He calls out, I am the way. Come, follow me. Receive my Father's free gift of grace. Come. I want to take you from death to life. In the Bible, there's a Scripture that is so very powerful. And it says, if you declare with your mouth, I hope we can receive this today. If you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, here's the promise, you will be saved. You will be saved. The Scripture is so clear. Regardless of how you came into the sanctuary today, regardless of what sins you may or may not have committed, however your record looks up to this point, if today you declare with your mouth that Jesus is the Lord, if you believe in your heart, sincerely have faith and trust that God raised Jesus from the dead, today a great exchange can and will occur. You will be saved. You will be saved. What does that mean, Pastor Dan? It means you'll be forgiven of all your sins. It means that you'll be set free, free from the weight of all your mistakes and failures. And you, your life, can be exchanged from death into life, even having eternal life because of Jesus Christ. You can leave here today being miraculously transformed, supernaturally transformed. When you say yes to Jesus, He actually comes into your life. When you say yes to Jesus, He makes you holy and righteous before God. You are no longer separated from God by your sin. When you say yes to Jesus, the Holy Spirit takes residence into your life. And don't you love the Holy Spirit? Because when He comes into your life, now He leads you. Now He teaches you. Now He helps you. Now He guides you. Helping you. Giving you what you need to follow Jesus Christ. When you say yes to God, Jesus comes into your life and your heart is transformed. Some of you are desperate for a new heart. Right? I mean, you're just ready for a change. And yet that's exactly what happens when you become a Christian. With this new heart, it, I, I realized this in my own journey. With my new heart, I realized that I started loving the things that pleased God. And I started hating the things that I once loved. You're also going to find your will. You know, that stubborn will that once was captive to sin. It is now set free at last to submit to God. Now, 
if you've been a Christian, you'll admit that we still get to choose right and we still get to choose wrong and we still choose wrong way much more than we wish we did. But as a believer, we have the Holy Spirit within us. Another name for the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of truth. So that means we have the truth of God within us. And so when we sin, this is so good about being a Christian. When you sin, you stop as soon as you are able to because of the Spirit of truth within you. You can say, this is not who I am. I will not settle for lesser things. I will choose to live for God this new life as a new creation for Jesus Christ. It's that good. It's that good. It's that good. Today is a day of salvation. Today is a day of life. And I pray that today would be the day that every single one of us, every one of us would say yes to the great exchange. Every single one of us would say yes to the one who can bring us from death to life. Would you pray with me? Would you bow your heads and pray? Lord Jesus, we thank you for today. We thank you for who you are. Lord, when I consider my card, when I consider my life outside of you, Lord, I've made so many decisions, so many decisions, so many choices that are just offensive to you, God, completely against who you are. And Lord, I thank you that where I deserve death, your son came in and brought me life. That out of your great love for us, Father God, you came in and you sent your son to rescue us, to save us, to set us free from that penalty of death and instead giving us eternal life. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. There's many of us in this room right now, we're just so thankful for you, Jesus. So thankful that you washed us clean. So thankful that not only did you cover our sins, you removed them as far as the east is from the west. We're just thankful, God. There's just a room of thankfulness today for what you've done. Now, some of you, maybe you've never said yes to Jesus. Maybe you've never said yes to his sacrifice, never allowed him to come in and wash you clean to remove those sins from your life. If that's you... I would love for today to be that day that you would say yes to Him. And if He's calling you, if He is calling you and, and, and inviting you into this new life, I'd love to pray with you. And if that's you, if, if you feel with all heads bowed, if, if you feel that God is calling you into a new life with Him where the old is gone and the new has come, would you raise your hand high so I know who I'm praying with? This is a day of you accepting the Lord, of you asking Him to come into your life to change you forever in eternal life with Him. Is there anyone here today that would be brave enough to jump into this great exchange from death to life? Alright, for the rest of us, let's just be honest for a moment. The Lord is here. We're not fooling anybody. We don't need to impress anybody. Lord, it's your grace and your mercy right now that is in this room. It's your kindness that leads us to repentance. And so, Lord, we come today vulnerable and open to you, Jesus. But there's areas we know that we've settled for less. But yeah, I believe in you. Yes, I confess you as Lord and Savior. 
But as we look at our life, how we spend our time, we know we haven't fully submitted to You, God. We haven't fully been able to declare, not My will be done, but Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so God, may a spirit just rise up in this place even now as I'm praying. A spirit of surrender. A spirit of Christians, of sons and daughters of God, of brothers and sisters in Christ, surrendering, yielding to You once again, God. And I declare on behalf of everyone here, Lord, if there's anything we are doing that is causing death and destruction, if there's anything from my mouth, any actions that we might be doing that is causing death instead of life, Lord, we repent of those things. We turn from our wicked ways. We humble ourselves once again. And we, Lord, as a church, as a body of Christ, we once again come to You, God, and declare that we will live for You and You alone, for Your plans and Your purposes, that we might live our life, have our life expressed till the very last breath on this earth in a way that would bring life to this world, where sin brings death, that our bodies would bring life, our words would bring life, our actions would bring life, our love would bring life, that Jesus, as You take residence, and as we give You permission, that our lives would truly shine the light of Christ. And wherever we go, we would see the great exchange happening like never before. We would see the great exchange happening wherever we walk. That Christ in us, the hope of glory, would bring life into every situation that seemed dead. Would bring life into every situation that seemed hopeless. Bring life into every situation that seemed lost. That wherever we might go, Jesus, You might truly, Lord, supernaturally transform the world by the power of your resurrection. We thank you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, before we close, we're going to sing a song. And I think you're going to like this song. It's going to be new to many of us. But it's a song that just praises the Lord for this great exchange. As we sing, we're going to provide a card for each one of you. And the card simply represents our records outside of Christ. Without the blood of Jesus, it's a record that condemns us to death. I know that sounds harsh, but God loves us and He loves us so much that He didn't want even one to perish, not even one to be lost. And so He sent His Son to die for our sins. Not just to cover our sins, but to remove our sins. Do you remember what John the Baptist said? He said, Behold the Lamb of God. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. So as we sing, we've uh, provided a station for you up front. And what we invite you to do is just take some time. As we sing, we don't have to rush this. Take some time meditating upon what Jesus has done for you on the cross. A thankfulness, right? Thanking Jesus for His death. Thanking Jesus for His resurrection. But we invite you, as the Lord leads, we invite you to come forward, take a card, and then give it to Jesus. Representing your life. Give your life back to Jesus. And dip it in the water. And maybe it's for the first time. I don't know where you're at between you and the Lord. Maybe it's for the 10,000th time. But I just pray that each of us, we'd be reminded by the Holy Spirit of a beautiful exchange that has happened. A beautiful exchange because of Him. Because of Jesus. That yes, our sin, it leads to death. But it's been exchanged on that cross and through His resurrection for eternal life in Jesus. Amen.